Do you have somebody in your life who loves books? Somebody who not only loves books, but always wants to share what she's reading with you, thinking that you're going to love her latest selection? Because you will. <laughs> and inevitably, you just can't stand that book that they suggested. That is us. Every single time. <laughs> we both read a lot. Well, I don't even read, I listen. But we very rarely agree on what constitutes a good read. I enjoy books that build up new worlds, invite magic and mystery into our lives. Science fiction, and fantasy in this case, rule. <laughs> I listen to a variety, but it's all grounded in reality. You can keep your elves and space operas and giants and wizards. Mm -hmm. And unicorns and three-headed dogs. But I kind of want the trolls. Ooh, okay. Well, we'll get into that. Uh, welcome to our podcast. You're making me read what? Your hosts on this monthly podcast are myself, Jessica, and my colleague, Christine. We're librarians who get a thrill out of a great book, but usually cannot stand what the other person is reading. We've each selected some of our all-time favorite books. Each month, we'll alternate between the lists with the goal of persuading the other to enjoy a read she would never have picked up on her own. Even a book that isn't entirely your style may have some redeeming qualities to it, right? I guess we'll see. So this month is my month. There's going to be so – okay, wait. We normally do a spoiler <laughs> alert. This is a gloating alert. It can be both. There's no need to segregate those two. So you can do the spoiler alert first, and then I'll do my own gloating. Well, yeah. in case you were under a rock like I was and hadn't read or heard of or had any idea poor, about this silliness called Harry Potter. Christine. Poor Christine. Um Go ahead and stop now because we're going to talk about the whole book, but not the whole series if I have anything to do with it. And, <laughs> and if you haven't read it, we could spoil it for you. So come back after you've read it or decided that you're not going to read it and listen to the rest of the podcast. You keep offering that last sentence like it's an actual thing that someone's going to do. Why would they read one of my fantastic books and then go, oh, no. I, I didn't read it all the way, or I don't want to listen to them talk about it. Of course they want to listen to us talk about it. We introduced them to this fabulous new book that they never knew before because they lived under a rock, huh. like you did. Okay. Rock liver. Is that <laughs> Cave dweller. Is that closer? <laughs> That's under a rock almost. Ca huh. Dug into a rock. Huh. Either way. I don't know that I'll do a gloating um, oh, it's, spoiler, I can see it. but it is, I, it's not gloating as much as it is I was so happy to reread Harry Potter. I just I just loved it. So I guess I should talk a little bit about the book, too, because our book this month is the first in the Harry Potter series, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone if you're in the U.S., Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone if you're in the U.K. I don't know what the other names would be in other places. I just have those two by author J.K. Rowling. And that's another one where... If you look at it, you might go, oh, maybe her name is Rowling. Nope, nope. she pronounced it Rowling. 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 Joanne. Joanne rolling along with those great ideas, <laughs> author fabulousness. We love her. I love her. You mm -hmm. might not, but I do. So, um, again, I don't know that I'm going to gloat so much as I'm going to thank you for the opportunity to both reread this myself and give you the opportunity to enjoy something you, for 20 years, managed, managed to avoid. Read. Well, it wasn't that you avoided it. No, it, it was. No, it, it was 100% that, that. No, it was that you didn't know well enough. You really needed me to come into your life and say, Christine, do you know what you're missing? It's Harry Potter. Huh. There's so much silence. You've got me speechless. I don't know that that's ever <laughs> happened before. Congratulations. That, I will gloat for that. Thank you. <laughs> so... Um, a little bit about Ms. Rowling. Rowling. I had never really looked into her background. So I read this 
the first book in the series, and there's seven in the series, came out in the U.S. in 99 mm-hmm. and came out in the U.K. in 97. Mm-hmm. So I read this book when it first came out. Of course. And did. I was still in high school. So I didn't I didn't care about the author that much. I was not interested in who that person was. I just loved the book that I got. Right. And that our English teacher in high school let us write book reports on every individual book in the series. So oh, you could go a whole semester <laughs> just reading Harry Potter for your English class. It was Except it would the take best. you a billion years because the books get bigger and bigger and bigger. They do, but you're willing to sit down and read them. Huh. Yes. So thank you, California Public Schools. <laughs> Happy to have done that. Um, so I, I didn't really know that much about her other than she had – and first name that wasn't initials, I was sure at some point, and that she made things that I was very happy about. And she changed her life. She did. It was just – she changed my life. She changed her own life. Yeah, when, she did. When I was reading about her background, I had no idea the kind of rags-to-riches story really? You that didn't she know had? she was on the dole? No. Oh, how did I know more about this than you did? Now I have to gloat. Go for it. Tell me more about her. <laughs> oh, no, that's all I know. <laughs> that she wrote this for her kid because she was on the dole and she was just started making up the story and then you keep then, saying on the dole that's the british way to say it is it is yep, it it is <laughs> you don't believe me and maybe a little bit it's also sometimes maybe that i think you just make up words well on that the is dole. 100%, She's on a pineapple no that's 100 percent true that i make stuff up mm. but in this case i am actually maybe i'm just quoting my inner woodhouse which you would not tap into woodhouse yes <laughs> Okay, so let's get on to Miss Rowling. <laughs> well, she was – it was just really kind of interesting to learn a little bit more about her. You think mm-hmm. about her now, and she was the first billionaire author. Mm-hmm. She has donated most of her revenue away to charities because right. she didn't have a need for it because she's still got piles and piles of money. Maybe she's still taking uh, money from the government. <laughs> I don't think so. But she started off, and she was a single mom. Yeah. She was on public benefit. She right. was writing in public cafes. She was – you know, she really kind of rose herself up through that. She worked as um, – she was a secretary and a researcher for um, Amnesty International. And then she was an ESL teacher in Portugal. And she did all these kind of odd jobs, got married, had a kid, got divorced, and then was trying to figure out what she was going to do. And this idea came to her, in her own words, fully formed. It just plopped into her head. I have Divine no idea how that happens. Yep. How do you do that, though? Like, I'm not a writer. I'm not super creative. But I always thought you had to, like, kind of – Work at it. Right. You know, like you had a little snippet of an idea and then you grew it over time. Right. But she just kind of, here it was. It's a fabulous story. There's no question about it. Yeah. In fact, her story is as interesting as the actual yes. book. It's, yes. a, it's a great story. Well, and she really spoke to me a lot. She, um, Her website and some of the other things online talk about her mission as a philanthropist. Mm-hmm. You know, like her mother had MS, so she donates a lot of money to multiple sclerosis societies. Uh, she has her own charity. She donates to Comic Relief. And hmm. she's just – it makes me happy to see that when people have been given opportunities to figure out what they want to do with their life, they do something, and then they turn it back around and support the people who may need another handout. Sure. So it was just lovely. Yep. I agree fully. Yeah. And I don't know if you noticed this because you read the book, but the um, the inscription in it, the first one it is, is for Jessica, who loves stories. Wow. It's like my book she along. knew. She did. Also, her daughter's name is Jessica. But there, <laughs> there could be no coincidence there. there. This is, I knew it was for me. I just I felt it through the universe from England to here. Also, people, this is another British book. I'm sorry. We can't get away from them. We are really. They produce a lot of great authors. Okay. That must be my. It. They produce a lot of my great authors. <laughs> well, she was another one that was, um, she was inducted as a member of the Order of the 
Companions of Honor, the same one mm-hmm. that um, Tara Pratchett was in. Mm-hmm. So she got maybe not knighted, but similar to that. She's just a really, she's a really cool lady. I agree. And she wrote the seven books in the Harry Potter series, mm-hmm. and then she took on a sweet, um, oh, like a pen name, mm-hmm. and she wrote uh, a crime series. Mm-hmm. I've never read any of those. Have you done? I've any not those read ones? them either. So yeah. that'll be after I reread books two through seven. Maybe I'll go back and wow. uh, well, you know, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. So, <laughs> and the first book, you're right when you said earlier. The first book is not hefty. It's maybe 300 pages. There's some illustrations in there, which are fantastic. If you've only listened to the book, I suggest you pick it up as well because the the original artwork is just really kind of funny. But as the series goes along, they get progressively chunkier Mm -hmm. and heavier. And by the time you get to the last one, it's like a doorstop. It's more than 700 pounds. (laughs) It's a brick. 700 pounds. 700 pages. (laughs) But you're so invested in it. You don't care. You're actually excited. There's more there for it for me. You're giving me a look that says not for you. But yeah. for me, it's fantastic. I've not caught that mm. illness mm. yet. Illness. You don't. Huh. You don't, huh. don't trick with me. It's, it's a great book. I know you <laughs> liked it. Um, before we talk about the book, I had one quote I wanted to share. And it ties back into kind of her life and her authorship. And she said that it's impossible to live without failing at something unless you live so cautiously that you might as well not have lived at all, in which case you have failed by default. And I thought that was a really nice kind of summation of her writing process. She was rejected by 12 publishers before somebody in England picked this thing up. And the only reason they decided to print it was because they gave the first chapter of the book to their child. Right. And the child was like, no, I want the next chapter. The adult would never have bought it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, um, great aspect of the story, too. I think uh, I read that she was nine and she said... Because everything else is terrible and this is great, or some words to that effect. So. Children are the best. Yeah, honest, honest feedback. Right? They know smart, smart <laughs> things, and I'm pleased that they brought me Harry Potter. So tell me, yes, did you love it? <laughs> did you love it? I'm not even going to give like an overview. There's of Harry a Potter. loaded Everyone question. Everyone knows right. what Harry Potter is. That you is get true. The first book, you've probably watched the movies. I'm not going to do the general like. There's a young boy, and he lived in a cupboard in his horrible aunt and uncle's house. And then he's picked up to go to wizard school. A little bit. (laughs) And then he's a wizard. So so you loved it. Tell me you loved it. I fully agree that she is a spectacular storyteller. And I fully confirm that this is not my genre. But if it were, I would... I didn't hate it, but I will tell you. Okay, so the first thing is you were 100% right that Jim Dale is a fabulous uh, yes, he narrator. Is. So I fully enjoyed the audio aspect of it. That okay. was a great recommendation. I did want to gouge my eyes out every time the music started. Oh, my God. <laughs> if ever there were a terrible earworm, uh-huh. that's it. It was a little chapter intro, so oh. it, it lets you know that the chapter was transitioning. Holy guacamole. Actually, it only started with the beginning of the book, but for some reason, yeah. like when I would get into my car and out of my car, it would it start there again. And I'd be like, no, no, and I couldn't get it off fast yeah, enough. Well, I mean, it, so wants that was to, bad. it wants to stick with you. It did. Yes, it That did. is true. It was doing <laughs> spells on me. Um, but I did very much enjoy the narrator. He was terrific. Yeah. And... Rowling obviously really knows her audience because she played right to the, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten year olds, mm-hmm. which is where this was slash twenty, thirty, forty year olds. You know, don't don't See, discount. No, us. I'm going to say no on that because, <laughs> for example, just one example. <clears throat> while the seven, eight, nine year olds were probably tickled pink over the um, candies that taste like boogers, <laughs> I'm going to say that the 
30, 40 year olds who are not like, hey, yeah, I'm all about that. That's gonna, just gross. I'm going to say you're wrong. Okay. Based, based on how I'm a 30, 40 year old. <laughs> and that still thrills me every time. Mainly because I have eaten Birdie Bots every flavored bean. Um, I grew up in a town that has a Jelly Belly factory. Which yeah, is and a that's just one. bad enough. What? Yeah. Okay, well, that's a whole other conversation because that's I can't even right now. But um, I've eaten Birdie Bots every flavor bean, and it is it's that like um, it's that moment when you're at the top of a roller coaster, and you're like I don't know what it's gonna happen. What's the flavor gonna be? Oh, that one's okay. It's okay. It's not your ex. <laughs> okay, I will I will give you that. I'm it's not fine. that person. You and I are just one example of two extremes <laughs> on this one. There are there are you are correct. There are obviously some pieces in here that are much more geared towards younger children, which is why you and I in our role as librarians may have tended to the first like three books in the series, they're good for almost any age yeah. kid. Yeah. When you hit four, five, six, and seven, it definitely ages into the teen spectrum. There's yeah. content in there, but they're meant to be children's books. Absolutely. Yes. And she hit the nail on the head, and I give her total props for knowing her audience, yeah. playing to it, and stringing them along exactly how you know <laughs> she intended. I think she – I can totally see why this appeals to kids. Yes. Um, and those who are childish at heart. Yes. Sure. And those people too. Um, <laughs> I also really enjoyed the names. I thought the names were really charming. It's – in fact, it's – Again, Woodhousey. I know That's you true. don't want it to be. No, it's fine. I'll take a little Woodhouse on this one. And you're yeah. right. You can tell, particularly for a child reader, mm -hmm. the the nomenclature that's used here is meant to immediately indicate where somebody might fall on a spectrum. Good or bad. So you know. The the aunt and uncle are the Dursleys. Sure. And doesn't that name just make you go, Oh, I don't think so. Yeah, that's, not, that's not gonna be great. And that their child is named Dudley, Dudley Dursley. Dursley. That is yeah. a sad milk dud that you found under like a corner of a sofa. Or on your shoe. Or on your fine. Either one of because <laughs> you stepped on it yes. under the corner. Right. That one, like Draco Malfoy. Yep. That, that name just makes you think, oh oh no, his bad stuff's gonna Full happen. On there. Bad. Yeah. And Albus Dumbledore. One of the best bumbling wizard names out there. <laughs> Doesn't it? The Dumbledore. It yeah. makes you think like, oh, this silly. Yes. There. It sounds like a bumblebee. One of my favorite, it's not a person's name, but it is a word that was made up in this world, is what they call people who aren't magical, muggles. Mm -hmm. And so my spouse and I debated for a little while back and forth, like, what was the purpose of that? Is that a British word we just don't know? Right. Or is that like muggle like mundane or muggle like we're going to mug them because they don't have magic. We don't, We couldn't figure it out. But right. I liked that one as well. I think that's another good name. So I actually had in my notes horde names for horde people. Not, yes. Not muggles, but the right, right. Dursleys and the Dracos out yes. there. And it's, I think she did an excellent job with that. I, I enjoyed that aspect of the book very much. Oh, good. And I also enjoyed Hagrid. And so this Who is kind does? of funny. I never – I'd heard of all the other people. Like, well, that's not true. I'd never heard of Ron. You'd never heard of Ron Weasley? No. I, I'd heard of Hermione. I'd heard of, you know, the he who should not be named uh -huh. and all the other people. We can call him Voldemort. No, you can't. Yes, I already did. Oh, my God. No, I he's here. Yeah. Good job, you. I'm not wearing a turban. It's okay. Um, <laughs> thank God. Um, so I had heard of everybody. Not heard of Ron. So I was a little huh. disappointed because he's like, you know, yeah. this total solid best friend mm -hmm. guy. And he develops a lot more over the course of the series. It's, okay. He's got a good storyline. And I'd never heard of Hagrid. Now, Hagrid, I kind of get. So you've got the main trilogy portion of it. You've got Hermione, Ron, and Harry. They're your three best friends. Mm -hmm. they, they form a little group, and they take you through most of the storyline. Okay. And then you've got this whole host of secondary characters 
both that are introduced in the first book, even if they're only just by name. Like okay. they mention a bunch of the other people that live in the different houses mm -hmm. and they get developed over time. Hagrid's story is a really interesting one over time to see where he goes and what he does. But he's not as I wouldn't say he's as central as Ron is to, to the full storyline. But given that I had heard of, now I can't even remember the, what's the owl's name? Hedwig? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd heard of Hedwig and I'd never even heard of, yeah, I'm getting the look of shame. Yeah, uh, um, you should be. Hedwig. Well, it's How from do you not you? remember Hedwig? <laughs> yes, I am okay with me giving you the look of shame. But I had literally never heard the word Haggard. And I mm. think he's a really interesting, really fun, like he's he's a character that I can see a kid getting really excited about and yes. I never saw Hagrid for Halloween. That would be hard. You would need to gain like seven feet. Oh, and, come on. Uh, if you can be a green person or a yeah. Spider-Man, you can yeah. be a Hagrid. Well, I like there was a description of Hagrid pretty early in that said he had hands the size of trash can <laughs> lids and his feet and their leather roots were like baby dolphins. <laughs> I like that part too. <laughs> she, has, she has a lot of kind of funny, amusing um ways of describing things. Yeah. So when she's talking about Dudley early on in the book, she says all the pictures of him, he looks like a large pink beach ball wearing <laughs> different colored bonnets. Right. And um, I, I particularly liked this one. As they're reviewing things in the library, they came across a book called Curses and Counter Curses. Bewitch your friends and befuddle your enemies with the latest revenges, hair loss, jelly legs, tongue tying, and much, much more. So there's a lot of pieces like, it's like that. A where, Cosmo. Yeah, uh, you expand it out a little right. bit, and it it tries to set a really playful tone. Yeah. Even though some of the stuff that they're dealing with in the stories, it, I mean, it's not like some of the previous books we've talked about where it's like child death, which is really scary. But in this one, it's still, you know, it's about a kid whose parents are murdered by right. a horrible wizard. Right. He goes to live with his family who does not want him there and denies him his heritage. He goes back to school where he's supposed to be this, the child who lived. Right. Everybody knows about him. He doesn't know about him. How does he live up to expectations? Right. So I love the way she balances that. She has these lovely, light, airy moments that are counterpointed by a storyline that gets increasingly dark over time um, and that makes you think about things that you, maybe as a child you wouldn't. Right. So so one of the things that did not appeal to me mm -hmm. is I, th I thought she was a little um, black and white in and flat. The characters um, – what are their names again? You just told me. The aunt and uncle. Oh, the um, Petunia and Papa Dursley. Yes, I Dursley. His name. Um, that, that was just too much of a caricature. Like no one's that terrible. That, mm -hmm. I mean – I suppose there are people that are that terrible, but <laughs> but that was just very flat. And the mm. the one that really disappointed me was Hermione, and I suspect that she will develop in the series. Yes. But in this one, where this was, as far as Rowling knew, her first and only crack mm -hmm. at this opportunity, Hermione is a whiny, mm -hmm. crybaby, mm -hmm. like tattle on you, teacher's pet kind of gal, and she's the only girl in the book. And I thought. Wow, for a contemporary author who's also female, not she, not a great stereotype. She really yeah. kind of blew it. Well, I don't disagree with you on that. I do think that she was not as fully developed in this book as she absolutely becomes over time. Good. And there are a number of strong female characters that emerge throughout the course of the series, including um, diverse characters. Because Good. in this in the book that you read, it's it's mostly a lot of white people. Right. Um, Hagrid. Maybe withstanding. I'm. I'm not actually sure. He's got. He's. 
He's a giant of some kind. Right. Uh, but as so there's giant diversity. There's giant diversity. <laughs> so as as the series progresses, they flesh out those characters more. Not so much the Dursleys because mm-hmm. they're really just kind of a stepping stone. Sure. But everyone else in the universe. So when you read books two through seven, uh-huh. which I know you will, yeah, because I'm you starting have to on now. that later today. You already started. I loaded it onto your, your <laughs> audio device because um, I wanted to make sure that you knew about it. Nice. Um, I, I do agree with you on that. That was maybe not as developed as it could be. I think that when she started this series, there was still the idea that kids were not going to sit and read very long things. Yeah. So you had kind of a page count. Yep. And as she got further in, there was more space to, to bring in people and ideas and flesh those things out a little bit more. Well, and the other thing is, I, I'm going to give her a pass in the sense that she's also writing for little kids. And so mm-hmm. do we need to be super nuanced? Maybe mm-hmm. not. But I think she yep. could have been a little bit more um, well-rounded. Agreed. Well, and, you know, the part of the reason that she has her name on these books as J.K. Rowling is because her publisher told her that young boys were not going to want to read a book about wizards and magic that was written by a woman. I know. Isn't that terrible? Well, it's a horrible starting place, but yeah. it's also something that she could have used to go, maybe sure. this is the time. Right. So maybe she did it more over time with the continuation of the series, but it certainly could have gone into the start of it. Okay. Uh, so can I tell you something that I liked? Yes. You can always tell me things that you like, particularly about my books. Yes. <laughs> I really like the visit to the wand shop. I thought that was hilarious. Do you want to know a secret? Of course. I visited the wand shop that oh they my God. at the Universal Studios. And yes, I do indeed own a Harry Potter universe wand. You know what? That's not a secret. No, it's not. Nobody would be surprised by that. Have I, in fact, had wand duels with my spouse wait, with wait, our wait. two Harry Potter wands? Yes, we have. Have you cast spells on me? Um, you have not 100% said you loved this book, so I am not willing to fess up to it yet. <laughs> oh, Because they're not working, obviously. Right. Yeah. No, the, she has done such an excellent job over time in developing this that it's turned into this kind of behemoth. There's, oh, it's an empire, There's man. a theme park. There's a whole right. soda thing that's after them now. You can buy merch everywhere. You know, that's maybe not the best thing over time, but I like being able to kind of play around with it. Like, um... Why did you like the wand shop? Because I thought he was just so funny that he remembered every single wand that he'd ever sold mm-hmm. and he could bring out the um, specs of it and, you <laughs> the, know. The length and the, the and material type. Yes, and, this one's got unicorn horn you know, inside of it. Ostrich feather or yep. whatever. Uh, that was just hilarious. He was a <laughs> very, very entertaining and whimsical. I like the whimsy. She did, she did a nice job with the whimsy and she did a nice job of introducing themes and ideas for kids at kind of a low level and building them up. Like, I love that she developed her whole sport around this quidditch <laughs> right and uh, christine just showed me her notes which says quidditch equals boring boring in caps Sorry. with an exclamation point well, that's fine you <laughs> so i love that she I took sense the there's time. a spell coming my way <laughs> it's this happening. afternoon it's happening but that she took the time to so she developed a character right. that creates a space that you think about all those details and she took the time to develop a game which you may not know people play in real life on the ground oh sweet jesus i knew that was happening <laughs> and she just took a page out of um alice in wonderland because uh, yeah. lewis carroll developed uh, yeah. croquet so Yes. I mean, we can't fly around yet on broomsticks, but when we can... But you're working on it on weekends. We, I know. We will play Quidditch. <laughs> I will be a bludger, and I will smack the little balls around and try and hit people with them. Okie doke. Oh, you didn't like Quidditch? I'm duly warned. 
Um, no, it was. Ugh. I just kind of zoned out during those points because okay. it just was like, it, yeah, yeah. You know, it's the competition. It's an opportunity to kind of move some characters forward towards a a more passionate moments. Well, also yeah. to show skills that he has that he's mm-hmm. going to need later. So I understood the yeah. literary device behind it. And, and you know, I appreciate the creativity, but it, it just wasn't, it was not it was no wand shop, for It example. was not a wand shop. That's true. There were a lot of moments in there that were really quite, um, <laughs> quite fun to, to think about her creative process to get there. You know, like I loved her ideas about the restricted section of the library mm-hmm. and the yes. books that were chained down right. and the ones that would bite you. <laughs> right. And the one that screamed. That one I scared me a little bit. Like I don't, I don't want the books yelling at me. Well, I have tons more to talk about, but I know we're a little short on time. So, in two months from now, when we read Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, oh my God, all the blood just drained from my head. The look you just gave me was disbelief and a little bit of horror and some panic and some panic. They're so good. You don't have to. I am going to reread books two through seven now because I, I. I had forgotten how much I enjoyed this. I remembered enjoying it. I remembered thinking I really want to read the next books in the series. Mm-hmm. But because there hasn't been a new book out in the States in 12 years, I haven't reread these. Yeah. So the opportunity to reacquaint myself with her storyline and characters that I loved for so long. Yeah. Like I remember when book seven came out. Yeah. And my husband and I were married at that point. We bought a copy the day it came out. We bought one copy and we traded it back and forth. <laughs> I love it. So I would read a chapter and then he'd get it. And then he reads slower than me, so I would wait. And then I'd get it back. And you and the cats would all be staring at it. Yes, him. read faster. I want to know what happens. So that you know that that feeling you get is a little bit nostalgia and a mm-hmm. little bit, oh, I don't remember that detail. Yes. The rereading. I I I appreciate that. Well, and I also have to say, as a librarian who I was a librarian when this came out, mm-hmm. and the just the magic, no pun intended, mm-hmm. that it had on kids yes. is spectacular, and I've never seen anything like it. And so for that aspect alone, I we are all in her debt because yep. she brought in a whole generation of people who may or may not have read. I mean, maybe they would have found something else that they really loved, yeah. but they really loved this. This and was so, a gateway. Good for her. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's like a pusher. Yes. <laughs> but in a really good way. Absolutely. If, if you knew that all your friends had read this, mm-hmm. there's a little peer pressure. Absolutely. But then you read it. It's easily readable. It's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It's got memorable characters. There's enough books that you know you're going to have some time with it. And then as a child or as a teen you know that there's more things out there. Like she cannot be the only author that creates books like this. So, yeah, there's no question about it. She did all, all of us a great service, and I'm appreciative yay. of that. Well, I'm glad you didn't hate it. I did not. I did so, not. I and your honesty is appreciated. Aww, even though I think you're on. wrong about Quidditch. <laughs> we'll play someday. Okay. Okay. Well, um, what's our next book? I am going to show you that I can tolerate a little fantasy on my own terms. Thank you very much. Okay. We're going to read The Gargoyle by Andrew Davidson. It's not new. In fact, you may have read it. Um, It's his only book. He's an illustrator as Hmm. well as an author. And I believe it is his only book. And I read it because I saw it on our new shelves in the Fairfax County Public Library and the artwork on the recorded book was so spectacular. It's a woman's back with a really intricate tattoo. And mm-hmm. it just caught my eye and uh, hadn't heard anything about it, had never heard of the author. And I did judge a book by its cover, or mm-hmm. at least it lured me. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. Now, I haven't reread it since, and okay. it's probably been 10 years. So I'll be interested to see 
mm-hmm. what my take on it is because I had a very visceral reaction to the very early part of the book. I don't remember if I've read that book, so <laughs> it'll be a surprise to me too. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening to You're Making Me Read What? Even if this book wasn't your cup of tea, and we all know that it was because everyone loves Harry Potter, (laughs) there are millions more where that came from. And don't forget, you can always grab these books and lots more at your local library. So join us next month when we'll be discussing The Gargoyle by Andrew Davidson. Thank you so much, and keep on reading. 